Welcome back to another episode of the Maroon Weekly. I'm Jake. I'm Carter. I'm William. And I'm Greg. William's joining us for the first time this week, and we're very excited to have him. We're going to start out with a story about some arrests that recently took place for an incident on campus. On Thursday, January 12th, the UCPD arrested three suspects allegedly involved in six armed robberies on and near campus. An email sent by Associate Vice President for Safety and Security, Eric Heath, early that morning detailed the three incidents that happened overnight. The first occurred at approximately 12.55 a.m. when four suspects in a white sedan robbed a university faculty member exiting their parked vehicle near 5342 South Greenwood Avenue. The suspects demanded the faculty member's property and struck them before fleeing southward. Then at approximately 12.56 a.m., two suspects armed with handguns approached four university students walking on the sidewalk at 5426 South Greenwood Avenue and demanded property from them. Later, at approximately 1.05 a.m., three suspects armed with handguns exited a white sedan and approached several university students walking near the Burton Judson Courts dormitory. They robbed two students before re-entering the vehicle and driving westbound towards South Cottage Grove Avenue. The victims of all three incidents fortunately were uninjured and declined medical attention per Heath's first email. All of the overnight incidents are under investigation by CPD. After a short pursuit, the suspects were arrested and the UCPD recovered the vehicle, several weapons, and suspected proceeds from the robberies. The vehicle had been reported stolen to CPD. The full story is up on the Marines' website and was first reported by news reporter Casey Kim. Of course, it's wonderful that no one was hurt in the end, um, but it's unfortunate that these things do happen, especially when it's on campus. To think of that, to think of a mugging like that happening on BJ, very close to where I live in South, is a little concerning. Um, and I believe the other two robberies on campus were on Greenwood Avenue on 54th. Um, some friends and I are probably going to move to 51st in Greenwood and we'll be walking on 54th and Greenwood pretty frequently. Hopefully nothing like that is happening to us, but you know, you never know at some level. Every time I see an email from Heath, my heart sinks. And I was, I didn't, I didn't hear about it until like the morning after. I was actually down there like 11 the night before. So, you know, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty chilling. Yeah, I mean, when you hear about something happening that, you, you know, you were there and it's such a such a, a time that seems, you know, fairly reasonable. And the fact that you have to be so cautious, I thought at this point, I suppose, what, what really is caution going to do? You know, I mean, there were these groups that were that were held up. So to a degree, it's you just have to wonder what exactly does one do in, in such a situation yeah to some extent you have to live your life of course if you're if you're going outside late at night um you probably should try to be with people oh sorry but that isn't yes a, a catch-all remedy um one thing that i have seen more of this year are the like the uc or you chicago like uh security cars with the you know the green lights i didn't yeah. see those last year and also you have people posted at the the like the blue light things of course there, yeah all right, next we're going to talk about um, the Promontory Point. Carter? Uh, yes, the Promontory Point, a, a beloved local landmark, is one step closer to becoming a city landmark. The Chicago Commission of Landmarks has granted the park we all know as the Point preliminary landmark status, which is a significant step towards efforts to preserve the park's limestone stair-step uh, revetment. The fight to preserve those limestone steps has been ongoing for more than 22 years, as community members have organized to prevent city-proposed renovations or even demolition. 
while the current city's proposal is fortunately much less drastic, with an eye on reusing the existing limestone rather than replacing with steel and concrete, as past proposals had stated, uh, the community still has not given up its fight for direct involvement in any restoration plans. It's important to note that the city does not yet have any official public plan for the point, though as of 2019, they've entered into a contract with design firm Smith Group to engineer and design part of the Lakefront Strategic Action Plan, which includes Promontory Point. For more information on the point, including its history and local efforts to preserve it, please head over to the article by Mark uh, Monahan and Zoe Farrow in the Hyde Park Herald. That's just great to hear. I know people are always eager to ensure that the point has been preserved. It's such an important place for you Chicago students, and it's a part of one of our traditions that was recently celebrated. Carter, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? I, of course I do. That would be Cuvia. Now, did you go to Cuvia, Carter? I did go to Cuvia, and not to brag, but it was my fourth time completing Cuvia all the way through. I do have the shirts to prove it. It was only my first time doing Cuvia, and I made sure to meet up with Carter each day. Um, usually I timed it pretty well. I would run over from South with another friend of mine, Prabhan, who's sometimes on the podcast, and we would meet up with Carter, who looms over us at six foot six. I don't know if his height's been mentioned yeah. in, yeah, in I, previous it, um, I, I stand out a little bit. Uh, William, did you, you do Kuvia? Yes, this was my first Kuvia when all five days got the shirt to prove it, and it was really interesting. Brilliant. I'm not I'm sure if I'll it. be going for the next three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not that early of a morning person. Yeah. I'm not a morning person at all, and it did take something out of me. I've been pretty tired the oh, last yeah. couple of days. <laughs> I admit um, I went back to sleep almost every day. Um, I did yeah. not have that luxury with daily 930s. Um, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely, it's great to see that Kuvia is back in person. For the last two years, it has been largely online for, for 2021 and 2022. Uh, 2021, it was entirely online, but 2022, it, we did get a you know, Friday to be able to go to the point. Um, but this year, finally, all five days were in person. Uh, the first four at 6.30 a.m. in the uh, Crown Field House, and the last one meeting at first to Crown and then walking to the point for those sun salutations with Dean Boyer in his last. It's, this was the, the 40th year of Kuvia, uh, which is, is, is pretty great to know that it, it's been going for so long. They always yeah. have managed to get groups of people uh, together at such an early hour for this activity um, and that they, they were able to keep on doing it even, even during COVID when so many things had to stop. Did anyone have a favorite workshop that they attended? Ooh, I love the fencing workshop. Fencing um, one was I've never tried fencing before, so that was just really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I personally got very into the wrestling workshop on the first day with uh, the. Um, I saw that. No, I'm looked. sorry, not wrestling. Boxing. The boxing, boxing workshop. Yeah, that looked like an all-out war. <laughs> yeah, the, the sparring exercises were, were very fun. Um, they had you try to like tap your your uh, sparring partner on the shoulder or the knee, and it was very frenetic. Yeah, while he, while he was doing that, I was doing ballroom dancing, which I really enjoyed, uh, learning how to foxtrot. Much less of a combat sport, I will admit, uh, and, and a little bit easier on the joints, I have to say. I, I did Kubi my first year with a knee brace on. <laughs> Never, I remember that. That was a, a good time doing doing a little bit of dancing. Could not have done anything combat heavy, but this this year, actually, I believe three of the four days, I did go to combat activities. <laughs> yeah, I did something combat adjacent. Pretty much every day, I think. I, I'm not sure. What about you? Any, anything non-combat related? Uh, I did the Opsra um, oh. workshop the other day. Um, I realized that I don't have the best of knees while in that workshop. Um, <laughs> it was really interesting. I, I'm not one to dance, so I don't know why. I, I kind of just walked towards it and ended up in the Opsra group. Uh, and yeah. 
That's, yeah, I mean, that's sort of what the beauty of QB is. You really get to try sort of whatever you want there. Um, so many yeah. different activities to try. That you never really think of. Yeah. yeah I would the, have never done um, fencing or opera. It, yeah. It the RSOs do a great job with yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And Carter and I, I believe, were, were maybe the first people to get our Kupia shirts. We ran over from the point because I was freezing. I just hadn't dressed well enough and I wanted to get back. So we ran back. But Carter, Carter doesn't run very often and he was very game. He was down to do it, but... It was so bad. It, it was a little bad. <laughs> I got back from the point, and uh, we enter Crown Field House. They have all the bagels lined up, and one of the people who, who's working there, she looks at me, she goes, are you okay? <laughs> Listeners, I was not okay. It was, <laughs> that was rough. That was really rough. All's well that ends well, though. I have my shirt. That's right. We That's got the shirts. We got the shirts. And we got our pick of sizes because we were the first people there. Right. No one else was silly enough to yeah. run back. I, th I think that's actually one, one, one fun thing to mention is that they ordered uh, what they thought was an excess amount of shirts this year. Um, and let me, let me see, I believe it was... They ordered 500 shirts and were surprised to find that 490 people qualified to get the shirts for because they went all five days. So I, I assume that they ran out of some sizes, but they said that they would order more shirts to make sure that everyone gets what they need. Or, yeah, 490 participants this year. And, and for, for comparison, last year, when it was online and significantly easier to show up to Kuvia, they only had 263 participants. So it's, you know, that they have such, such a resurgence for an in-person year when it really does take that extra effort. Um, it's great to see. I just think that there's a lot of um, a lot more return on your effort when it's in person. Mm -hmm. You get that sense of community. Um, I had no interest in doing Kuvia last year when it was online. I just felt like it wouldn't be fulfilling in the slightest. And I had a bit of an aversion to Zoom at that point. <laughs> but in person, it, it was fun. I, I do hope to do it again next year. Yeah, so thank you to KU, the Council on University Programming, for putting that on once again. It was a fantastic year. Fantastic Kuvia. Now let's move to another story on an accelerated Booth Scholars program for university student veterans, which the Booth School of Business just established two months ago. An anonymous $24 million grant supports this initiative, which already has its inaugural cohort, third-year student veterans Colin Augustson, Nicholas Golan, and Robert Zamora. This program will let them and future students earn both their BA and their MBA in just five years at the university. This article was originally reported by Naina Purushottaman, and is available on the Maroons website with quotes from each member of the inaugural class. The university offers many joint degree programs for undergrads, but this is the first BA MBA program. Have any of you thought about doing a joint degree program in your time here? Well, every once in a while they'll send me an email and you know they'll list some sort of joint program or opportunity. And for some reason, I just love like filling out applications. So I'll always be like, well, do I want to? Do I actually want to do this? And, and the answer is almost always no. But <laughs> I consider it almost every time. Which programs in particular have you considered? Well, you know, recently I, I've been getting emails about the opportunity to apply for and some, I can't remember the name of it, but basically the option to do a fifth year and get a master's. And yeah. I'm like, do I want that? But as it happens, I already have a job for next year. Like, I, I am not free. I cannot... <laughs> I cannot do in fifth year, but still I'm like, wow, it's such an easy application process. I could, I could apply. Uh, I, so, you know, I, for some reason have that drive just to, just to be like, well, it's an opportunity. I could take that and I fully cannot. Greg. Uh, I've been looking into the BS MS program for CS, although it's very competitive. Um, I would apply next year. Um, what about you, Jake? Yeah, I've, I've actually thought about that same program. I've thought about the BSMS and statistics. Um, I think it ultimately probably doesn't make sense. You want your fourth year to, 
to be like well distributed in terms of what you're doing and you you want to be able to explore a little bit but it's it's great that the university offers it as an option yeah absolutely um the chance to just stay at university of chicago and complete extra, extra degrees without the extra hurdles that a number of graduate programs do it really streamlines the academic process and gives people the opportunity to focus on their work currently rather than you know new applications new exams new you know it, it's it's free definitely What's the next one? Yeah? You on... Uh, oh, was this the end one? Yeah. All right, then, yeah. Um, just a conversation about the new downtown connector shuttle. Yeah. Um, next, we're going to Carter, who has an update on a downtown shuttle. Right, I believe we've uh, already covered in the past the new downtown connector shuttle that was announced at the uh, beginning of fall quarter. But we're happy to announce that it is now in progress. Starting uh, January 9th, the University of Chicago's downtown connector linked Hyde Park to the Gleacher Center in the downtown and in the loop. Um, the shuttle, which runs from 6.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. on, you know, throughout, throughout the week, unfortunately not weekends, but throughout the week with about 20 minutes in between shuttle arrivals, links three stops in Hyde Park to access Central Campus, the University of Chicago Medical Center, and, uh, and others living on campus, with five stops downtown. The maps of, of the shuttle route and shuttle wait times can be found on the Translock app. Um, but I, I know a friend of mine just took that shuttle on Friday just to see how it worked, and it apparently worked beautifully. Um, very few people were on it because it is new. You know, not a lot of people have, have taken advantage of it yet. But she, she claims she rode for 15 minutes and ended up downtown, which geographically I don't think is quite possible, but it's, you know, very close. Um, and it, it worked phenomenally. So ab- absolutely anyone who is wishing on a weekday to, to go downtown, and again, because it does go until 10 p.m., you, c- you can get, you know, out there for a reasonable amount of time after your classes. Highly recommend looking onto the Translog app for the uh, downtown connector and giving that a try. Does anyone here regularly take the shuttle buses around campus or to get anywhere? I live Max P, so no. <laughs> I live in South, and I, I don't know, I've just never had the thought, like, oh, a shuttle bus would be great right now. I, I like walking places. I do enjoy that. If I ever need to get somewhere faster, DB bikes usually do the trick. Um, but the shuttle buses, they're, I mean, they're running all the time, pretty much. Um, they're useful, I'm sure. Greg? I can't say I have uh, the lines. At least where I am, I'm um, I'm also in Max P. The lines like near Max P and the reg seem pretty long some days. So I'm like, it's better to walk. Um, but as we're getting downtown, I'm a big fan of the Metro. I've never taken the what is it like the the red line that goes to Green Line is Green the closest. Line. Red Line is also right. all right. Yeah. yeah, but like if if the if the university like sponsored a shuttle um, to the airport, I take that. I know the or you know what is it, USG, like yeah. the student government does do that. Um, but no, I, I'm a fan of the Metro. Well, have you gotten a hold of the, uh, the shuttles yet? Uh, no, I have not used the shuttles to get downtown. I am a huge fan of the 55 bus to Garfield stations, uh, mm. either green or red line, depending on, on how the CTA is feeling. Cause the yeah, CTA, I just took that yeah. last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I, I really like taking the train, also Metro, um, yeah. Yeah, the, the one thing I will say is, is you got to be careful with uh, with the shuttles. Make sure you see which one you're getting on. Yes. My first year, I did not know how the shuttle system worked. I didn't really know about the app, so I just thought, you know, I think I can get where I want if I just hop on the next shuttle. And then it, it you know, I it did not. 
It didn't go. It did like not go where I wanted. Oh, wow. I didn't know where I was. There was no internet connection. I waited until the bus, the shuttle got back to Reynolds Club. I got off and I went back home. Um, so <laughs> that was my first year. It was my first experience on it, which is fortunately improved. There are ways that you can use the app to see exactly which shuttle you're looking at and which route it is taking. Wonderful. Please do that. <laughs> All right, there's no other stories. Is there anything else we feel like covering? All right, and that's our episode for the week. It's been great to be here. Once again, I'm Jake. I'm Carter. I'm William. And I'm Greg. We'll see you next week. <laughs>